0: Hello and welcome to 22 Voices, a podcast series of sports you by Birmingham 2022 Commonwealth Games. I'm Heather Fisher, Team England Rugby Sevens player, and as part of this series, I'm going to talk to sporting legends and current Team England stars as the countdown to the Games continues. On today's episode, we're celebrating International Women's Day with an athlete who challenges stereotypes around what it means to be a female in elite sport. Sarah Davis is both the champion weightlifter and a queen, She's won a Commonwealth Games silver medal and a Miss Intercontinental England crown. Wow. But mixing these two worlds has not come easy. It's come with criticism and bullying, something she's happy to shrug off. Now she embraces being a role model to young girls and teaching them that you too can be strong and beautiful. Sarah Davies, welcome to 22 Voices, Uh, it's great to absolutely have you on board, a massive opportunity to be able to talk about your story and our story, um, especially in honour of International Women's Day, how are you?
1: Yeah, I'm good, thank you, Um, lockdown life, but I can't really complain, my life isn't that much different, so yeah, I'm honoured to be on the podcast for such a cool occasion as well.
0: It's pretty cool, isn't it? Like I've never had the opportunity to interview other athletes. It's normally like like you are now, like being interviewed as an athlete. And actually, it, it's I've never done it. I've never been the receiving end of just two athletes chatting. But it's so cool because I think we have so much in common. And you've got such an amazing background. And as I said earlier, I was watching you kind of compete. And I thought, geez, how do you do it? <laughs> but such an amazing background and almost con- contrast of interest in terms of your beauty part of you, beauty queen. And then a queen, also, obviously, in what you do in weightlifting. Talk to me, where did your journey begin um, and how did it look from a young girl's point of view?
1: Yeah, it's uh, definitely an interesting one. So, I guess if you take it right back, so my first kind of like Commonwealth Games memory was Manchester in 2002. Um, I didn't know what weightlifting was then, um, I was a gymnast. So, how old, how old were you then? Uh, I'd have been eight. So I was uh-huh. a young gymnast and I remember, because I grew up in the Northwest, So I grew up in Lancashire, so obviously Manchester wasn't that far away, so it was kind of cool to have it um, close by. I didn't get tickets to watch, but it was cool to know it was kind of on my doorstep and that was my fir- that's my first memory of like a multi-games, like a multi-sport event. Um, and obviously as a young gymnast watching that, I mean watching like Beth Tweddle in her early days, stuff like that, mm. like I remember her coming to my gym club and she'd have only been... Like 15, 16 at the time, I think it was for her debut for a game. So um yeah, that's kind of what really sparked my interest in in Commonwealth games and in representing my country. And obviously that never happened in gymnastics, and I retired from gymnastics at like 14, which sounds ridiculous. Whoa, whoa, (laughs) whoa,
0: let's not talk about retirement. (laughs) Jesus.
1: But (laughs) let's just call it as in talent transfer, shall we? Okay, yeah. But the issue was that I didn't really transfer into anything from that point, so I just kind of stopped did a bit of this bit of that played a bit of golf and whatever else and then okay. i went to uni in 2010 um started gymnastics again but obviously at that point by the time i was 18 trying to pick up gymnastics after a four or five year break just wasn't a thing and if i'm one of those people what that... made
0: you what made you sorry so what made you um like stop gymnastics was it? was there a key moment was it something that happened like why did you stop gymnastics because so
1: there's a you're few still things. Quite young. Yeah, um, One of them is just like with gymnastics, if you've not reached that kind of national team level by the time you're like 12, 13, then you're almost over the hill. Like it's a sport that you've got to be, you know, the top of your game very, very early. And I just didn't have that mental mindset for that age, which I think is, you know, what what makes gymnasts so phenomenal is to have that that early. Mm -hmm. Um, And another part as well was I was bullied at school for how I looked because you know as an 11 year old when I started secondary school I had like eight pack and pecs like I was peeled like I just (laughs) there was hardly any body fat on me and obviously as a kid if you look different like that's where bullying kind of comes from um so you know that that was a huge part I think of why I stopped doing it and I just kind of fell out of love with it yeah um And a little bit of like fear factor as well, like as you get older, Mm -hmm. you realize that throwing yourselves around pieces of equipment and all the kind of crazy stuff Mm -hmm. that gymnasts do, like there is an injury risk and that kind of crept in. So there was a few different like things. And I remember I went back and forth like with my parents and stuff at the time. And They were like, look, we're not going to force you to do it. Like if you want to stop, stop. If you don't so i had a period of a couple of years where it was like on and off of me going like going back and then you know trying to compete but a lower level and stuff like that and i just i just fell out of love with it so um just decision to stop um played golf for a little while represented lancashire playing golf and then moved to uni and golf is expensive and trying to play golf while you're a student is not the one so stopped that did a bit of like gymnastics again at uni for fun but not anywhere near the same level um and then it was when i was at university that i found weightlifting because that's where our national team were training in the build up to london Um, so that kind of exposed me to weightlifting which i didn't even know Mm -hmm. as a sport really before that if you would so that was september 2011 i first picked up a bar um which if you'd asked me earlier on that year what weightlifting was i wouldn't have even been able to tell you so it's kind of surreal and we always used to say because weightlifting has grown in popularity over the last kind of five years or so Mm. um but before that like weightlifting used to find you like you never used to you don't find people go out and go you know i want to be a weightlifter like it just Mm. didn't used to happen the sport's not popular enough um so yeah that's how i found weightlifting and then two and a half years later i found myself at my first commonwealth games in glasgow which was quite surreal um and a bit of a a whirlwind tour because like i said i remember watching Manchester and thinking you know that's what I want to do I want to represent England at the Commonwealth Games and then I'd like given up on that dream didn't think it was ever going to happen and then 2014 rolls around and I find myself um representing England wow I kind of (laughs) listen and go
0: wow Right, shall I talk now when (laughs) shall I put in
1: wow Yeah, I can talk. <laughs> um, no,
0: joking aside, it's, honestly, it's an, it's an amazing story, but I think what resonates for me is that everything, literally every part of your life that you've just spoken about, I resonate with all of it, from the way you look, from being bullied for, to be, for being different. That was the same mm-hmm. as me at school, for, be, for having muscles. Mm-hmm. Um I, 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 I kind of it's crazy how actually your, your early days form your career in, in a sense they mm-hmm. form what you go into or what you don't go into your changes and then obviously the difference in sport like I kind of went from bobsleigh to rugby to 15 to sevens you going from gymnastic you know working your way through to weightlifting mm-hmm. uh, decisions along the way about what sport to go into because let's be honest Sarah you probably could have gone to a few different sports like I feel like sports people are just naturally talented and when I say talented, it's like, weightlifting's really technical, isn't it? Yeah, like, no, let's no. be honest. Like, <laughs> I don't see the talent in running through people. and I'm just going, right, I'm going that way, and I'm going to run right through you. There's no talent in that, Sarah. Yeah. But actually, lifting weight agree. and technically... All right, don't slack my sport off. <laughs>
1: no, I disagree. Like, I, do you know what I've joked about? You know, I go, when I'm done with weightlifting, I might play a bit of rugby. And then I, watch, I actually watched the, the women's final in Gold Coast, and I was thinking... Nah, that looks too hard. Like, I'm not sure I could do that. <laughs> so, yeah, That was no, a brutal competition.
0: I think it's the heat as well, Sarah. Like, you guys obviously, I was watching you, you know, it's so different. Like, we're in the heat, outdoors, mm-hmm. four white lines, seven players, and you're, you know, crapping yourself about the, the space that you feel so big and you, mm-hmm. your heart's, everything's racing. Whereas I watched you earlier, you know, on YouTube or just, you know, typically, yeah, Sarah, Sarah Davis, weightlifter, <laughs> typed it in, and there you are, came up, and I thought, to have all eyes on you, you're on one stage, one bar, one moment,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like that, you've just got to make it happen, and that is pretty scary.
1: Yeah, I mean, you think about, like, in weightlifting, like, you've got three attempts at snatch, three attempts at clean and jerk, and if you screw it up, okay. you screw screwed it up and you have no score on the board whereas you think about some of the other sports like you know you take for example something Mm. on the track like if you have a bad day you just run slow like whereas in weightlifting there's the risk that there's just no score on the the board and you just don't have a placing um and that competition time comes down to about 10 seconds that you're actually like lifting which is madness like you train all of those hours for Mm. six lifts like once
0: every it is it is it is mad it is absolute madness it even even to the point where i will lift a, i will lift a bar and you can feel from the moment you pick it up if you've like if you've started the lift off well, can't you, you can feel it and you can mm-hmm. feel it feels different. And, you, and then the easy ones for like sugar lumps, it's got there so quick, how did it get there? before you know, it? you've got to carry on the lift. But when you feel like you've got it wrong, you can't reset yourself, can you?
1: No, it's over. Like if that bar Gosh. comes even a millimetre out from your centre of gravity, like that that bar's taking you for a ride. There's no way you can pull that back where you want it to be.
0: I'll just have to start. I know you do this, see you later, bye. I'll just style it out and go, <laughs> see you later, bye. <laughs> style it out that's the only way I could work out because that's a lot of people staring at you yeah. um Sarah taking it back to your early days how did the world of is is it like how do I call it beauty pageant is that how how did, how on earth did you get into that because that in <laughs> itself is like obscure isn't it
1: Yeah, so it started a similar time to my weightlifting. To be fair, so when I was a student, I was working in a pub, like when I was in Leeds, and it's proper like what I'd call like a proper like locals pub. You know, it's just like not like a student bar where you get loads of different people. It's a proper like locals pub. And there was an advert in, like, the Leeds Guide or whatever it was, the magazine that went round for the Miss Leeds competition. And the people that I worked with were like, oh, you should do it. And I was like, nah, like, I had that stereotypical view of what a pageant girl is, you know, like, yeah. the the Miss Congeniality, like, tall, blonde, bimbo kind of, you know, yeah. that, that, like, yeah. everyone does it. It's the same, yeah. like... People view weightlifters to be a certain way, so I was like, "No, no, it's not for me." And then, you know, the the locals in the pub joined in, like, "Yeah, yeah, you should do it." And I'm like, oh, "Okay." Like, I gave into the peer pressure. I was like, "You know, what? I'm going to put an entry in just to like appease these people because I can't like cope with the hassle." And I guess part of me wanted to know more about that world as well. Like, it kind of intrigued me. um So I entered Miss Leeds, got myself a place in the final, and that was March 2012. Um, I went to the Miss Leeds final, ended up winning, and I'm like, oh, how did that happen? Of course <laughs> like, you did. <laughs> I was like, this just was a bit of a joke, and now I've, like, leveled up and I have to take this a bit more seriously. And then I found myself at, like, a four-day Miss England final um, in 2012, which was the most surreal experience of my life. Um... And I did that, and I was like, do you know what? I'm done. Like, I'm hungry. Like, I'm tired. <laughs> My feet hurt. I've been in heels for four days. Like, they've not fed me properly. Like, I just want to go home and just eat. Sarah, and I'm just going
0: to stop you there a minute. Because, <laughs> actually, what you've just done there has bypassed everything. How the hell do you go from Leeds to, to, to England? And how... What do you... What do they even... Like, uh, like, clue me up now. Like, I'm an athlete like you, but I haven't got a clue about that word, right? How what do you even look at what do you what do they even assess what do they what's it all about
1: okay so to win the Miss Leads thing so they have um the way they kind of look at it is like at the end of the day, pageants are businesses and if you're to win you're representing that business for your year of your reign um so to win you have like an interview portion of like why you should win like what you'd give like how you'd use your title for like positive stuff um there was a talent round Um, There's a lot of like work for charity that gets done that gets kind of included in it and how you, you know, work in your local community and stuff using your title Um, So I did weightlifting for my talent So I took like, you'll have seen them in the gym, you know, like the light bar and the big like training plates so I took them yeah, on I like the that because you
0: feel really strong. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, like, for my talent, I took the the light bar on weights and got them out on the stage and, like, talked people through what weightlifting was, um, which I think definitely helped. Like, I remember talking to the judges at the end and they were like, we picked you because, you know, you interviewed well and all this kind of stuff and you've done, like, all this charity work. But we wanted to send somebody different to the Miss England final rather than... That girl that you know that feels a stereotype and that sings or dances or you know, like that mm. kind of thing. And at the time, I had like short hair as well, like proper like pixie cut, so I really just did not fit that pageant mm. stereotype at all. Um, so yeah, I think my weightlifting definitely helped because it was just something different and made me stand out. Um, so then, yeah, when I went to the Miss England final, it's then kind of the same judging process again, but obviously like leveled up because you're against you know 50 girls or whatever it was from all over the country who've won their own regional title and are then doing the body wise
0: body wise sarah do they look at so, do you like do you have to stand in a bikini
1: yeah uh miss england don't do a bikini round but i have done pageants since that do um so, so what do you wear for it so i just wear like a normal well, it's easier to get your hands on like the bikinis these days that are more like People wear for like IB for parties and stuff, so that yeah, do you know, I mean? like being polite about it <laughs> and stuff, yeah. Um, and then there is like the evening gown round, but it's not necessarily about how you look, it's about like how you carry yourself, and it comes back oh, to the nice. thing about okay. being a role model. So people think it is very much that old like Miss World of like the 70s where it's mm. about how you look and stuff, but it's very much about how you conduct yourself, how you act. Like, would you want your daughter to look up to this person? I guess is more the way to look at it rather than. Do they look pretty on the front cover of a magazine, kind of thing? Um,
0: That's so interesting you said that because I I wouldn't have known that. Mm -hmm. I I I just assumed, and I shouldn't assume because I say fish don't assume. But I just just, I didn't know. I didn't even know it covered about a more rounded person. Yeah. Didn't, and that just shows, doesn't it, the false not advertising, but the false I suppose illusion that it's got with
1: it. Yeah, and that's that. You know, that's very much like what it used to be. I mean. Donald Trump used to own the Miss Universe organization, which is where all of these, of, kind he of did. yeah, which is where all these like quotes come out from him and stuff. And that was very much like a different era of pageants. Whereas now, okay. like I've met some really good friends through pageantry, and they're lawyers, they're doctors, you know, they work for the government. Like they've got all of these kind of high-powered jobs, and they're, you know, mm. people like women who are role models and very much fit that like that International Women's Day thing. Like it is actually a really empowering environment to be a part of. Mm. Um, because i used to struggle like as an athlete especially in like a male dominated sport i used to struggle walking into a room full of women and being able to have that like Mm. small talk conversation Mm. because i think Mm. sport is very much like i don't think it really matters what sport it is it is very like lad behavior i guess you like Mm. kind of type it into um
0: i act i act like a 14 year old boy when i'm at training
1: yeah me too (laughs) So, like, walking into a room full of women who are, like, dressed nicely, conducting themselves well, like, that used to scare me, and that's exactly what pageants did, and they put me completely out of my comfort zone. So it was a thing for myself to be, like, this is challenging for me, and the athlete in me is, like, I shouldn't find this this hard. I should be able to do it. So I'm going to keep putting myself in that environment that I'm uncomfortable with until I get comfortable there. And, like, now I'm so much better going into that. And because there's, like interviews for pageants and stuff like when i walk into a job interview or when i do media interviews like Mm. it's just become second nature to me now and i don't get that same like nerves and am I going to trip over myself and I just keep talking
0: <laughs> I love it I love it you did you are it's like <laughs> I, I can't talk because I am like that do you feel Sarah do you feel like you've had to have an excuse to do what you do do you feel like you've had to reason with what with people why you do what you do like like I feel like like I've obviously played rugby it's male dominated um I have alopecia so I have no hair so people instantly kick me out of toilets instantly think I'm a bloke instantly instantly i don't know you name it I, wherever i am i'm just like i've got stage where i've had broomsticks push me out of toilets Shut before up, and police waiting up. for me outside of outside of hotels or like different oh toilet God. areas where it's male or female because i think i'm a boy or because i've got no hair right but and i feel the need to explain myself Mm -hmm. whether it's about a male-dominated sport rugby or why i play rugby like you get asked questions like oh do women tackle are you being serious (laughs) Like we play we play the sport like of course we tackle like do you do what the boys do oh my god we play the sport but it's amazing how like gender still plays a massive part in it Mm -hmm. but you know talking to someone else who like you said now like you've gone into something that people already assume Mm -hmm. there's a, a massive I contrast oxymoron between beauty and weightlifting and and how you're perceived and I feel I had the same in rugby but I feel like I've had to make excuses or make to reason why I do what I do do you feel like you get that too
1: yeah definitely especially like when I started lifting like people are like oh but you don't want to get too muscular and this that and the other and I'm like (laughs) like I'm a woman I don't have the hormones and the ability to do that like it's just Mm -hmm. not possible Mm -hmm. and you know especially people get especially confused between the weightlifting and the pageants and they just assume i'm a bodybuilder (laughs) like i get that Mm, all the mm. time they're like she gets Mm. on stage and she lifts heavy stuff therefore she must just be a bodybuilder and like Mm. i spend a lot of time explaining that i don't do that um but yeah i think the best way that i kind of get around is like look i was bullied as a kid for being muscular i'm now more muscular than i've ever been and i'm successful at what i do because of that and i can get on stage and be in a room full of women and just be equally as feminine and those two things although they're so like they're such oxymorons of each other that actually the two go together because if i can put myself out there and be the role model that i didn't have at 11 mm. like i feel like that's the you know that's who i want to be that's and the vibe yeah, yeah definitely
0: yeah i'm the same i kind of feel like when i do stuff i feel like i'm putting females on the map Mm-hmm. it's almost showing, I'm a female, and yeah, I can do it, full stop. And there's yeah. a big full stop there, because I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to explain anymore, I'm not going to be tender, I don't want to arm wrestle you, I don't want to, like, macho about it, just accept that I do what I do, and you do what you do, mm-hmm. and we're going to have a big full stop. Yeah. How did um, How did the weightlifting world take you to doing your pageant stuff?
1: So like when i started weightlifting like i said it wasn't cool and there was hardly any women in the sport at the time like you could t- you well i qualified for my first nationals with my first competition because nobody did it and the qualifying standards were so low and then i like got a medal at my first nationals because there was three people in my weight class like you know the, the sport was so small and it was you know it was interesting when i first started weightlifting because i came in and i was like i'm going to do this and i'm going to go to an olympic mm-hmm. games and like i was quite like mm-hmm out there and I kind of rocked the boat a little bit because there wasn't really any new people coming into the sport and Mm. so it kind of ruffled a few feathers and then I did the pageants and then it was like oh this girl's got like ideas above her station she thinks she's like x y and z and I'm like I'm just enjoying what I do like it turns out I'm quite good at weightlifting and I enjoy doing pageants so there was a little bit like especially from some of the girls on the team I mean they're now my friends and we can joke about it but like it was very much like (sighs) who's this girl coming in and like kind of messing with the status quo um and you know the the boys used to like laugh at me and walk around like misleads like this and kind of make a joke (laughs) of it but um (laughs) yeah it's it was an interesting one and like now it's a much more positive thing like people are like look at sarah Mm. like she's on our team and like Mm. it's almost like a advertising thing for weightlifting because Mm. people do still have that stereotype of what a weightlifter should look like and I go into schools and do like assemblies and stuff and the teachers are like oh you don't look like a weightlifter and I'm like well I'm one of the best in the world in my weight class Mm -hmm. so this is what a weightlifter looks like like just trying to kind of do you ever do you you ever get do
0: you ever get asked the question Sarah oh like what do you lift compared to your male you know go
1: on yeah yeah I used to get that it's like oh but can you beat the boys and I'm like of the equivalent weight no because i don't have the same testosterone Mm. that a man has and you know i'm very much a person to be like you know equal rights for everybody everyone should be treated the same but Mm. at the end of the day Mm. physically like a man is always going to be stronger because they have the natural testosterone it drives me mad and i wish that that wasn't the case because i'd love to beat the boys but like it's just one of those things that we have to acknowledge and go do you know what like as clean lifters it's just not possible to be lifting those kind of numbers like genetically we're not made to do that Mm. um yeah it is frustrating when people are like yeah but I can lift more than you and I'm like I had it recently on Instagram this guy was like oh yeah that's only like 20 kilos less than what I do I'm like and he was like and I'm a man and I'm like why are you like making a deal of that like it shouldn't matter whether you're a man or not like I'm still squatting a lot of weight like just say that's Mm -hmm. a lot of weight Mm -hmm. well done like you don't need to compare it to yourself and kind of like mansplain across it i guess
0: mm. i think that's the biggest thing i feel like in females that's what we get it's like it's like egos and there's no mm. room for ego in sport and you learn that if someone's better than you you respect it if someone can lift more than you respect it mm-hmm. at the same time you respect someone who might be lighter but still lifts double their body weight it mm-hmm. might not be what you would lift or someone else would lift but they're still lifting really well for their body weight and you you yep. respect you, I think with sport that you see the hard work and the discipline that goes into everything, mm-hmm. even the, you know the pageant world, this the, the discipline to be able to put yourself out the outside the comfort zone, mm-hmm. and with people's opinions and mm-hmm. with the contrast in what you do, but yet we still feel this need to almost excuse what we do and just and I don't know, like like you said, we're trying to have to you, you get comments like that, and it, it shouldn't it shouldn't be like it. It, it is just frustrating i i get it and it is frustrating i think i get to say now where i just think oh you know what like i'm only gonna give my time to people actually who appreciate it and if you don't understand that's actually your ego is getting in the way of understanding
1: personally yeah and that's a big thing that i come across with the pageants is people don't take the time to understand so like then you were like oh, okay like i didn't know that whereas people won't actually take the time to listen and learn and they'll just make that sweeping statement that it's just about how you look you know it's just a panel of like middle-aged men that are judging a bunch of like young girls and that's not the case at all quite often Mm. the judging panel are female Mm. and people just don't take that time to listen and to understand what actually you're judged on um and i think it's the Mm. same in weightlifting as well like people don't take the time to understand that you know it's about how much weight you lift, and you know, you've got to have that good technique mm. and stuff. People just think you just kind of brute force it above your head, anyhow, but that's definitely not the way to go.
0: It's not, I can tell you <laughs> now, just from lifting, I think my max split jerk has been like 90 something, and that, even that, I did it once, Sarah, and I had it here, and I lifted it up and I caught Chinch my chin. Yourself
1: yeah oh, even, but... even oh. I've done that <laughs> even I've done that To be I, think plain, I, I think I concussion it wasn't that long ago that I managed to give myself a full like unicorn ho- horn in the middle of my head and like in the right light you can still see it a little bit like I just took 75 kilo power snatch straight to the face I was like Sarah you're an experienced lifter you've been to four world five world championships at this point how on earth are you still headbutting a bar but it happens <laughs> It's, but it, but it's, it's so
0: tactical to have to lift a weight heavy. I remember when I had it here and you just, you push, you, you think you've got it and then you, you've, it's, it It just feels so, I don't know how you do it. Like, I I don't know how you do it. <laughs> the bar didn't even look like it was bending. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. There's a lot of bend on that bar sometimes. So <laughs> how do you, how did you, or how do you cope with like the bullying side of it? Does that still affect you? Does it... Because, you know, I've never really fitted in. I've never really fitted in at all. Mm-hmm. I fit in more now than ever before. But actually, people just say, oh, Fisher, people aren't as unique and as different as you. I'm like, yeah, okay, but, this, you, you know, I am still I still fit in. But actually, I do have to fight to fit in, if I'm honest, even now. But I got bullied as a, as a young girl for similar reasons. the well, same reasons as you, muscular and just didn't fit in and mm-hmm. not understood. Does that play a part in your life now?
1: I think... It does, but in a positive way, like it fuels the fire rather than having a negative effect. Um, so when I won the Miss Intercontinental England in twenty eighteen, it was just after after Gold Coast, I then won the pageant and then I went to the Philippines in early twenty nineteen to represent England. And out there they're still quite old school with how pageants are and that girls should be tall and skinny and this and that and they, um, they tried to stop me walking in the swimsuit part of the competition, basically because of how I looked. Really? Yeah. They picked a fight with the wrong woman that day. <laughs> like, um... uh,
0: Excuse me. <laughs> so, Get your dumbbells, boom.
1: Yeah. So it was like, there'd been some like trolling online from these like pa- Filipino pageant fans who were like, she's manly, she shouldn't be here, like, she's a bodybuilder, this, that or the other, like, is she trans? Like, all of this kind of stuff. And I was just like, oh, and it was like, it caught me off guard and like, upset me a little bit because I I was like you know I'm 20 what was I 26 years old or whatever like how am I still being bullied like you just don't think about it as an adult I guess Mm. um and then the pageant director of the international pageant was like oh we think it's best for your safety if you don't do the swimwear and I was like hang on no because if you stop me walking you agree with the trolls and like and they win so I was like Mm. I'm getting on that stage and I'm walking and like it's one of those things that people expect pageants to be bitchy but obviously like it's spread like wildfire you've got like 70 girls from all over the world they found out that they were trying to stop me from doing the swimsuit portion the girls were like they don't let you walk like none of us are gonna walk like they'll have no show like all of this kind of stuff so eventually they let me walk and you could hear from the back room that it was as i went on the stage all of the other girls that were competing just cheered for me so loud and at the end the director was like oh you made it and i was like there was no way i was not making it onto that stage like come hell or high water i was getting on that stage in a swimsuit like you weren't stopping me you picked a fight with the wrong girl and um i had my national director back home and when she finally found out she was like i'm so sorry this happened to you she's like but she said in a way she was like i'm glad it did happen to you because if it you know there's some girls that go away to pageants at like 17 years old it's the first time they've been away <laughs> from home like without their family and all that kind of stuff she was like if it had been one of those girls it would have been a completely different story she's like but because it was you like you fought the battle and anyway she now doesn't send girls to that system because she's like I'm not running that risk that it could happen again mm-hmm. I'm not supporting a business and an organization that have those beliefs um but yeah so that was kind of surreal but I was like no like and all the girls were like I don't understand you've got the best body here like this that, and the other that like it makes no sense so yeah um it's kind of cool to get that support from from the other girls and like you know they are supportive of each other but there is still that bullying and it fueled me to get on that stage because i was like no because i'm not stepping back 15 years or whatever to 11 year old me again and having be stopped doing what i do because of somebody else's opinion like i'm proud of my body my body looks the way it does because it does incredible things like i can lift twice my own body weight over my head like and my body looks like this as a byproduct of it and I look good Mm -hmm. and I know I look good so I'm gonna show that off and get on that stage and Mm -hmm. prove to 11 year old me somewhere that it is okay to look like this so it definitely does kind of fuel the fire you still have your moments Mm -hmm. though right where you're just like Mm -hmm. why am I still going through this like it's still frustrating Mm -hmm. but it is
0: crazy how you're still going through that like we I suppose we still go through it in rugby but to hear to hear you say what you go through is it, in this day and age is is almost like it's ridiculous, mm-hmm. but I think you can't take for granted what you're doing and what I feel like strong females and strong business people and you know Commonwealth Games athletes, England athletes, Olympic athletes, what everyone's doing now is setting the stage for future for future mm-hmm. girls to know well they did it, I can yeah. do it too. Yeah. and I think you know we are behind in terms of the guys. The guys been going for a lot longer in sports. Mm-hmm. There has been more opportunity, however. We are coming out of the woodworks, we are doing sport, we are being equal, we are going to be equal and we are gonna show other girls who aspire. If you can't see it, you can't become it. Yeah. And therefore we will we will do it so other people can see it too and become it. Because if we don't change stereotypes now and like like your coach said, or you know, like they said, if and they're glad it happened to you. Mm-hmm because you're you're a strong character you took it it doesn't mean you have to take it and you should take it but you're a strong character and you just showed actually you could have been someone else sarah and you might not have walked and that would have let that would have that would have left the biggest message in a very negative light for the future anyway so hats off to you you know
1: thank you yeah it's one of those like it is just mad isn't it like that still go through that Mm. i mean especially you talk about you know women's sport being behind like weight women's weightlifting has only been in the last five Olympic Games, so since Sydney Mm. in 2000, whereas men's weightlifting is one of the oldest Olympic sports. Like, it's crazy. It's like the boxing and stuff. Like, how are we still at a point where that isn't a thing? Mm. And obviously... You know, there's a big thing about Birmingham and the fact that it's the first multi-sport games with more medals for women than there is for men, which is getting the females. <laughs> <laughs> Woo!
0: <laughs> it is about time, though. It's about time because it's just it's just putting females on the map. Mm-hmm. Isn't you know? It's not even about agenda, is it? It's not even about a guy or a girl. It's just about having the same opportunity and equal opportunity for, to be able to showcase what people can do. Yeah. On that note, Sarah, um, last come-off games 2018, you got silver. Mm-hmm. This much a gold oh, I don't even
1: talk about what happened so that third attempt was actually seven kilos more than i'd ever had on a bar in my life um that's so a lot my second attempt lot. for the silver medal was a one kilo pb like all time so then we stuck another six kilos on the bar the little, the little baby ones <laughs> yeah so then we stuck another six kilos on the bar and coach andy bobbed down front, i sat in a chair he like squatted down in front of me in the back room he went sarah it's a lot of weight but if anyone can do it it's you i went okay and at this point I still didn't even know it was on the bar <laughs> I walked okay. out onto the... that's the best way though that is the yeah. best way but I walked out onto the platform I saw the bar loaded I was like oh wow okay <laughs> we're gonna play today then um but yeah so I cleaned it after a fashion like it buried me into the bottom position and I ground out of it and <sighs> the crowd was going nuts like that that auditorium was was insane and I stood up with it and it's on my chest and I could start seeing the stars and I was going a little bit dizzy and I was like Listen, I've just got to push and I've got to hope and I've got to pray that it's going to go above my head. And it's one of those things that it was like half a mm. centimetre out front of my cent- centre of mass and just just ran forwards. But... Uh, so Are you being serious? So you've got it all the way up? So the commentators, because they had a front on view you can hear Michaela Breeze go, Sarah Davis, come on. And she starts to say Commonwealth champion as The bar just like drops out in front of me. I was like, oh, Oh. yeah. But from this, from the side, you can see it's off. Like it was just slightly in front of my head, but yeah, just wasn't meant to be. I'm saving saving that gold for a home games.
0: You took the words out of my mouth. Does (laughs) this mean in Birmingham 2022, we can see you
1: hopefully get that gold medal? That, that is the plan. That is definitely the plan
0: me hope so it better be sarah well i hope be. so too, i'll be I'll after
1: probably, you probably my last commonwealth games at that point so i might as well finish it on a high <laughs> A real, yeah okay and then what and then on the back then to tokyo is that how i look so tokyo birmingham and hopefully paris but weightlifting's under a little bit of scrutiny at the minute around um our allocation for paris so fingers crossed I'm, I'm fighting and i'm praying every day for for paris to be still be an olympic sport for us um and then i should probably think about retirement unfortunately which is a scary thing. you can't
0: retire just yet <laughs> it is tell me about it i'm like in the transition after tokyo and I'm, and people keep saying fishery carry on until Birmingham 2022, and I'm like I don't know. And then because it's <laughs> the home games, you think oh my gosh, it's just down the road, and mm-hmm. be amazing to play and be able to be in front of a home crowd. Like the known the games for everyone. I think that's the biggest thing about the games. Mm-hmm. It is it is for everyone, and yeah. it does feel so. It brings so many communities together. It mm-hmm. would, it would be amazing to hold and, and to be a Tokyo. part of that when you.
1: Yeah, with Tokyo Gone. being delayed, like it is just one more year as well. You're yeah. like, Oh, come oh, on, then yeah. I'll just squeeze out another one. <laughs> That's the thing, but in
0: one more year, as you know, a lot can happen. A yeah. lot can happen in like a six month period. Like mm-hmm. for for general you know, about generalising, but for general people, six months is six months. But for an athlete, six months of trying to be at peak or get to peak or know when your peak is or when you're gonna when you when you're gonna drop is mm-hmm. really scary because you could do all that work And then say, yes, I'm staying on for Birmingham 2022. And then six months later, you start to dip and you're like, I haven't got it. And I think there's a lot to be said about, um, like, coming out of sport on your own terms, Mm -hmm. when you feel ready to, on your terms, not because of selection, not because a coach has told you you're not good enough, not because Mm -hmm. of injury. There's a lot to be said for that. Yeah,
1: definitely. Definitely. I'd agree with you on that one.
0: Sarah, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Like... I've got one more question to finish on and yeah. I suppose quite a broad question but for anyone out there who feels like they don't fit in they're a little bit different what is what would be your advice to your 13 year old self and what would be your advice now as an older athlete so looking back what would you have told yourself anything differently and then what would be your advice be now as actually the, that older athlete
1: I think it's one of those things that there's a quote that's like um, be the best version of yourself because somebody else is already taken and I think that's something that you know as a, a younger athlete like I tried uh, whereas well, a younger person I say as an athlete like I wanted to fit in I wanted to be normal I wanted to do what my other mates at school were doing on a weekend rather than going to the gymnastics center and spending mm-hmm. all weekend there but it's like you only get that opportunity like you only get that life opportunity once to do what you want to do so do it and enjoy it and if other people don't like it like that's their problem not yours and I think it's that thing, isn't it? If you enjoy it and you like, you know, you find yourself in whatever you do. And I think that's a thing, isn't it? Like, you know, I found weightlifting and I almost like I found myself when I did weightlifting. Um, so if you find yourself in that thing, then just keep doing it because at the end of the day that you're the person that looks after yourself. So making sure that you do everything for your own sake. And, you know, if there's people doing negative things, just try and like block them out, remove them from your life, whatever it is. Like I know a lot of my friends have changed in the time that I've been doing high level weightlifting because, you know, they had a negative view on it or it didn't fit their lifestyle because, you know, I made a lot of friends at uni and there's a very different lifestyle. A uni like student to an elite athlete, like the two don't really go together. So um, I think just make sure you follow your own dreams rather than trying to follow somebody else's, like what they think you should do
0: do you feel like if you go back in time and you went to gymnastics and you were in gymnastics when you're younger would you have carried on in would you have carried on with gymnastics if it wasn't for being
1: bullied um it's a tricky one because i think i remember watching 2012 and uh, watching the gymnastics and calling my parents and being like why did you let me stop like i used to compete against some of these girls and i just heard my dad in the background in his thick lancashire accent go you can lead horse to water <laughs> i was like oh okay fair point um <laughs> yeah I just some of it was the bullying but also I just didn't have that mindset of an elite athlete Mm. at that point and I think you know everything happens for a reason and I look at my mindset now as an elite athlete and I think I acknowledge the fact that I didn't have that mindset then and that is now what makes me a good athlete now so it's like you know I I was meant to be in this place so I don't think I would change it on that basis that Mm. you know as a gymnast would I have been to you know, already been to two Commonwealth Games, five World Championships and everything else, probably not. Um, Whereas weightlifting has given me those opportunities.
0: It's pretty fair to say that um, for International Women's um, Day this year, I think the title is choose to challenge. And I think you absolutely, I can't even say the word because I've had too many knocks on my head, but epitomise, is that the word? Yeah. Like that statement in itself, like you have chosen to take on so many challenges you choose to, to, to challenge the mindsets the stereotypes and Sarah keep going because it's it's <laughs> only going to be good but it's true it's only we're going to carry on inspiring the next generation if athletes like yourself and other successful females like yourself keep doing what you're doing so keep doing it um just to keep women going
1: Thank you. That means a lot
0: to come from you. So, thank you. Thanks, mate. I'm just the board (laughs) rocket player. Sarah, I appreciate your time today. It's been amazing talking to you.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: You've been listening to 22 Voices from the Birmingham 2022 Commonwealth Games. I've been Heather Fisher. Thank you so much to my special guest, Sarah Davis. To hear more from 22 Voices, head to birmingham2022.com forward slash 22voices. And don't forget to subscribe by searching for 22voices wherever you listen to your podcast. Thank you for listening and I'll catch you again soon.